Hey everyone, it's time for some Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is episode 163. And this time we have our uh, actually the co-founder of this variant of the Radio Trivia uh, format, uh, Wendy, Stephen Rodriguez. Hey, thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I was just texting Wendy. He's like, hey, I haven't had it out for a while. We, we should do that. We should totally do this. So we're doing this. Yeah. Um, well, it's not too different from how it usually goes with other people. Uh, I digress. So we got five games, usual format, uh, three songs per game, uh, no quirky like imports or anything like that, just a whole bunch of music. Uh, Steve chose three of the games, so he's not really playing along, but well, I don't know. They're, they're, they're two, two mystery games. They're two mystery yeah. games. Yeah, I might be just completely striking out in those other two. I have no idea what those other two games are. So uh, I'm still playing. All right. Let's just get this show on the road. Let's do it. First game.
did a terrible job in introducing this uh, episode, by the way. I just assume everyone's already heard this before, listened to this podcast before. Probably should give a better explanation of what's going on here. Well, yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what's going on here. It's been a very long time, so I need to know. The, the goal is uh, to figure out the game based on the music. And we give you a hint question after the second song. In case you haven't figured it out yet, it might give you a hint as to what the game is without giving it away. If you already figured it out, it's an extra thing to kind of quiz yourself on uh, while th- thinking about the third song. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a name that tune thing. Listen to the oh. music, figure out the oh. game. And all oh. the games are from Nintendo platforms. Oh, that's, well. That's, yeah, yeah. That, that explains a lot. It, I might have been doing this wrong the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Actually, with this particular soundtrack, I have trouble telling uh, where it loops. So um, hopefully I don't mess anything up here. We do have a hint question here for you, and uh, I guess, Stephen, since you wrote this, uh, you want to read it? Absolutely. So our hint question for this game, what real-world items are the seven selectable and branching storylines centered on?
Indubitably. That's Stone Cold's music. Stone Cold is here. Uh Hmm. What could we be talking about? I have no idea. Well, I'm oh, sure. Oh, yes, I do. It's the game we're talking about, which is. Well, yes, most of uh, I'm sure most of you who recognize that music would know uh, of what genre or what type of game this is, but you might not recognize what it is specifically. Uh, this time around, we are talking about WWF No Mercy for the Nintendo 64. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a. This was the last N64 wrestling game. Is that right? Uh, yeah, the last, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, yeah, last N64 game, uh, developed by Aki, Asmic Aki, uh, widely regarded as probably the best N64 wrestling game, in fact. I mean, I still have my copy of it, and, uh, one of my buddies' house were playing on N64 night sometimes. It is just so good, man. It's just a, I mean, it's, a lot of people might even argue it's even better than modern wrestling games today. I played this probably once at some random person's house. It was not a game I ever owned, or the, my normal the friends I saw more frequently didn't own this game. So it was kind of one of these weird things. I saw it, and I was like, oh, what's this? And we played it. This has a crazy four-player mode, right? Where you can... I, I have, like, vague memories of, like, being able to swipe people from outside of the ring. And, I don't know. <laughs> you better explain this game, because it's a very, very hazy memory for me. Well, right. And, I mean, uh, just to uh, before we get to the legacy of No Mercy, you have to talk about all of the N64 wrestling games, uh, specifically all of the uh, Asmic Aki wrestling games on the N64, because those were all amazing. Uh, they had this uh, special kind of... Uh, uh, the, the, the wrestling system was all based upon... Uh, grappling, so you kind of approach the person you're wrestling mm-hmm. against and you grapple them. And then from there, it'd be kind of like a rock, paper, scissors thing. You can go uh, strikes, throws, all sorts of grabs and holds, and you know, the special moves. You build up a special meter. Yeah. Now, once that was full, then you can do your finisher, your special, uh, you know, finisher for depending on the wrestler that you selected. But uh, yeah, every single game that came uh, in the series. Uh, starting with the uh, WCW license and eventually they got to the WWF games. It was just a laugh right all the way around. You could uh, have all the different modes. They had like, um, I think they did like ladder matches and the table matches and, you know, the cage matches and all the, all the different types of matches you would see in the WWF, uh, now WWE at the time. But of course it was in video game format and it being on the N64, of course, it was four players all around. So then you have the tag matches, the you know the one versus one versus one versus one. Um, I think they had, um, I think they had uh, at some point the lumberjack mode, which was just like a regular one versus one match. But you have like the other players controlling on the outside of the ring. Yes. You kind of mess it up. That's the one I remember playing. It was crazy. Yes. And uh, they also had the special referee matches. I, I think they had the special referee matches in it at that time, where a player could control a referee. <laughs> oh my god, it was so fun. So uh, yeah, all the all that crazy stuff you could do in a wrestling game, it was translated very faithfully to the N64, which you know it's impressive because it's on the N64 at the time. And uh, but really, I mean, even past the multiplayer, uh, the real meat of the game were all the single player modes, and uh, that's really the answer to our trivia question. Uh, all the different storylines were all based on the. Uh, at the time, seven WWF championship belts. So uh, you could do the storyline for the WWF championship, like the heavyweight championship, the uh, tag team story mode, the uh, intercontinental champion story mode, and all that. And um, I think they even had a 
uh, did they have the women's championship? I think they had the, the, the women wrestlers in the game too. I, I can't recall. But uh, really, that was kind of the, the famous part of the game was that all the um, uh, story modes had branching paths, and they had a lot of branching paths. Mm. Like, even one of these story modes could be the entire single-player experience, and it would have been a very needy experience, but there were seven of them. And uh, each branch is uh, it affected which direction in the branch you went based on the result of the match. And it wasn't always a, a win-lose branch. Sometimes it was, well, you know, you have to avoid getting disqualified, or you have to, you know, force a count out, uh, a count out of the other uh, of your opponent. Kind of, you know, things you had to do. I think even some of them had three branches. You know, some matches had like three different conditions. It was crazy trying to unlock all that stuff because you had to go through all these story modes several several times just for one and then you had to do that seven times could you warp to warp, i mean could you start at a given branching point and once you beat once and, and branch off from there did you have to I play through the whole thing again i don't think so i think you had to play through the whole thing again i don't remember how lengthy they were but i do remember a couple of instances where i was extremely disappointed that i didn't get the branch I was going for, so I, I think I had was like upset because I had to do it all over again. But uh, still, it's it was it was intense going through all those single-player modes, and it was kind of like a pressure situation, having to do everything you had to do uh, on with the you know basically the whole title on the line, not having to replay it if you mess it up. Well, I think if they remade this game today, they'd probably change that. I mean, that well, that kind of a quality of life thing. Well, well, sure, and and actually, you know, speaking of that, the the wrestling games out today, and really, we're talking the wrestling game out today, which <laughs> yeah, is the it's a two K, right? Yeah, WWE two K, which uh, is still being developed by Ukes, which was uh, Aki's kind of rival back in the N sixty four PlayStation era. So uh, they they kind of like swapped licenses at one point, I think. That um, you know, uh, Aki was making the WCW games, and uh, Ukes was making the WWF games. And then they switched, and then once uh, Aki was done with official wrestling licenses, Ukes kind of picked up, and by that point it was just a WWF, and they made all the WWF games. So uh, because there's really no competition now, I do see every once in a while people talking about the WWE game, or 2K games, and they're not the best. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like, well, it's like the the next year's Madden. There yeah, might be some yeah, improvements, yeah. but it's basically the same game over and over again. <sighs> that sucks, man. I don't, how's that so many sports series have gotten to that point? Or it's just like, well, there's just sort of one one company left making it, and here we go. Well, the simple answer is that people keep buying it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> You know, like, if they didn't like it as much, they wouldn't buy it, but it's still, they want to play it, and it's the only thing out there, so... Yeah, you gotta, you gotta buy it. That's, I guess that's what they've uh, resigned themselves to. Oh, well. Well, uh, I'm sorry I don't have more to contribute on this game, but uh, I, I feel like this is a game that I could get into if I was with the right people. I just I never really had a chance to. Yeah, like these, these wrestling games, you needed to like be a fan of wrestling and or always have a bunch of people to play the games with. Luckily for me, I had both at the time. So, uh, yeah, so many hours on, on those wrestling games back then. Well, we're going to go on to the second game here, which I, I wonder what it is. I don't know.
feel like there should be more to that song, but there is not more to that song. Doesn't need to be more. Wrestling. Oh wait, oh, we're not on that game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, why don't you read this one too, since this was your selection? All right, I got a got an easy one for you guys here. What classical bark? Uh, sorry. Bark. <laughs> what classical Bach harpsichord composition was the basis for a music track in this game?
have you figured it out yet, guys? Because I, I don't know how to help you anymore. Well, I didn't know what this game was until I heard that hint question. I think that's the one that put me over the top. Uh, right. Sure. Uh, what game is this, Wendy? Of course, it is Tetris for the Game Boy. Yeah, it's uh, it's the original. Well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I think the original Tetris is on some really old PC somewhere. But uh, I mean, the the original mainstream Tetris. I mean, they have the game that made it a household name. Uh, this was the Game Boy. Um, yeah, which is actually not the version I'm as familiar with, strangely enough. I, I think I played the NES Tetris more, which didn't have that song, believe it or not. It had one of the same songs, uh, but it didn't have that song, which I think is kind of the most iconic one there, that last song. Uh, anyway, yeah, Tetris. I mean, it's, uh, it, it is Tetris. I don't know how to describe Tetris. It's freaking Tetris. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you make rows. You, you, you line them up. You nope. suck like I do, and, and you don't get anywhere. <laughs> And everyone else says how great they are at Tetris, and you, you don't even want to try 99 Tetris because, you know, you suck at Tetris. And, uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about me, not you, Wendy. <laughs> me. Anyway. Well, I, I mean, Tetris is, is universal. I mean, it's it's one of the few games you could call universal and just completely be accurate about it because, like, I read somewhere uh, recently that somebody kind of described it as, well, you know, if an alien came to our planet and you gave them this game, they would instantly understand it. It's just so basic, it's so simple, but you can't put it down. It's just the most... I mean, obviously it was the perfect launch game for the Game Boy. Oh yeah, yeah. I can put it down because I suck at it and I'll die and then I'll put it down. But if you're good at it, then yes, you can't put it down. Well, I mean, even if you're not that good at it, there's just something so kind of appealing to like, well, I'll do a little bit better the next time. And sure. Uh, there's something very weird about seeing those lines clear. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. It just, it, it's basically a progression bar that you keep clearing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's an awesome, simple game. And you're right, it was the perfect game for for the Game Boy. And it's really what made the Game Boy take off. Um, well, right. I mean, without without the game without Tetris, who knows how well the Game Boy would have done. Uh, especially with the competition that was out there, especially the Game Gear. Oh yeah. Uh, well, um, Game Gear had other issues. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, Game Gear didn't come out before Game Boy, right? I mean. Well, yeah. I mean, ultimately, yeah. But still, I, I'm just trying to think because um, I read somewhere that they were trying to make uh, Super Mario Land sort of like the pack-in launch title, but you know, the, there needed to be some convincing. I think by Hank Rogers himself to say, no, no, you you need Tetris to 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 sell the Game Boy. Yeah. And obviously it did. <laughs> and, uh, of course, that was uh, almost about 30 years ago. Uh, next month, I think, it, uh, it came to life. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the Game Gear had its own issues, but the, it, its battery life was a... Well, sure. As someone who owned a Game Gear, I, that, that, that was a huge issue for it. Well, of course <laughs> it was. But, you know, I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to picture a scenario where, let's say, the Game Gear got Tetris for some reason and then people would just you know complain that you can only play it for like you know what an hour and then the batteries were dead <laughs> pretty much so I mean the Game Boy needed that uh, you know battery endurance that um, uh, robustness that longevity f- for a game like Tetris because I mean it was like the perfect marriage of hardware and software the te- Tetris and the Game Boy I think yeah you didn't need super hard 
poor hardware to run Tetris, you need something that would last a long time. Exactly. Like, you know, especially the battery life, because uh, I don't I don't remember how long the batteries lasted on the Game Boy, but, you know, it was, it was more than adequate. Yeah, and the original was probably something like eight hours, and then I, I'm sure when they did like, the Game Boy Pocket and stuff, it got even better. Yeah. Um, or maybe they just reduced the, I think it was originally like four double A's maybe, and they got it down to two, or, I mean, th- there was improvement over time with the Game Boy. Yes. Um, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, the, the screen was terrible, but <laughs> the battery life was not terrible in the original Game Boy. No, it was not. No, it was not. I mean, having four four double A's really helps with that. Uh, obviously, the newer models had um, uh, the Game Boy Color was like two double A's, I think. You know, something I don't like remember. that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got I got a Game Boy Color line around here somewhere. But um, anyways, it's you know the 30th anniversary, and a lot of uh, people are celebrating that. Um, obviously, Nintendo with uh, Tetris 99, they've got the, they had the Game Boy skin recently with uh, one of the most recent Maximus Cups. That was a that was actually a really neat thing, but it is a little more difficult to play the game with that skin because it is harder to kind of see all the pieces coming up because it is black and white. And then of course in the Tetris Effect over on the PlayStation 4, they also had a special uh, Game Boy skin, which is really cool. It has a really cool remix of the uh, iconic song. Uh, and, and speaking of songs, we got to answer this uh, hint question. Uh, let's see. So yes. Um, we all know that the uh, the traditional music one is the uh, the Russian composition Korobiniki, but uh, little did many uh, of you probably know that uh, music type three on the Game Boy version of Tetris was a Bach har- harpsichord composition, and I know it's all on the tip of your tongues. It was <laughs> French French Suite Number Three in B Minor, transposed to F Sharp. I think it was BWV Eight One Four, the Fifth Movement, Menuet. What does BWV mean? I do not know. Excellent. All right. We're winning here. Uh, yeah, I, that was the bad song. I never used that song. Oh, I love I love the, the Type 3 music and the NES version, too. I, 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 that's kind of my go-to. Huh. All right. Well, fine. Maybe I'm confusing my songs, and that's the one I like, too. I mean, there's uh, there's three different music tracks to choose from. Of course, you could always mute it and, you know, play your own music off your cassette player. It's, it's always an option. Anyway, thanks for choosing Tetris. I, it was a shocker that we hadn't used it yet. I, I don't think we've even used the NES version of Tetris yet. Oh, no, I think we have. I think we used Tetris too, but um, I don't know. Anywho, game three, which is a listener request, so... Steve has to figure this one out. Now, wait just a darn minute. I'm a listener. When do I get to request games? <laughs> well, you, you get to request them by emailing me at typ at nintendoworldreport.com. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind.
Are the juices flowing at all yet, Wendy? That was fantastic, and that was only the first song. There are two more coming. Oh, boy. That's how the format works. You see, I play three songs per game. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Before we uh, give you the hint question here, I realize that I, I've been negligent in uh, mentioning the composers of these games, which I, I'm trying to do with more regularity. Um, from uh, from what I can tell, the uh, WWF No Mercy uh, soundtrack was composed by Koji Nikura, Diggity Dog. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> That's his nickname. <laughs> and of course, the Tetris uh, for Game Boy was composed slash uh, arranged by Hip Tanaka, Hirokazu Tanaka, who uh, was busy because he did uh, Mario Land too. Yep. And uh, we'll find out who the third composer is after we reveal the game. But uh, here's here's the hint question. Yes. So, uh, Steve, yes. Uh, how can you play as a Rolling Stone in this game? Oh. 
Well, there you have it. Have you been able to figure out the game, Wendy? Absolutely. That third track gave it away. Uh, this is, I am very certain, Extreme G for the N64. You are correct, sir. Well done. Thank you. This is a, a long-standing request from Gojira. Uh, and, Gojira! Uh, yeah, I, I knew I had to save it for you. Um, in fact, I, I think you used a, a sequel to this as like like the first or second episode of Radio Trivia. Uh, surely must have been Extreme G3. Uh, that's right. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, but this is the original for N64. Um, I, I'm curious as your thoughts on this game. I mean, I, it's up your alley, but I, I was watching some videos of this, and it, I feel like it doesn't have a great sense of speed. Is that a fair criticism? Yeah, it's been a while since I've played the original. I mean, I've been I've been playing the um, the sequel XG2 and Extreme V3 on GameCube uh, quite a lot, but it's been a very long time since I played the first one. But what I remember, um, the first game was a little. Uh, arcadey in the sense that you know they had this concept but they didn't really know how to refine it so they just kind of relied on the uh, the bike and the track design to sell the game mm -hmm. not necessarily the, the sense of speed uh, that was something they corrected very quickly for the second game I can tell you that right off the bat uh, I don't remember if they had sonic booms in the first game like you know like um you know breaking the sound barrier in the first game I don't think so I mean just from the videos I watched it's pretty straightforward looking yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, the, the the groundwork was certainly there uh, for these uh, the sequels, which were much better games, uh, gameplay wise, track design wise, and uh, presentation as well. But uh, yeah, that first game, oh man, just like once I heard that third music track, it all kind of came flooded back to me. Uh, the music is is pretty underrated uh, for the series in general. It, it's got something going for it. This is N64. I mean, this, yes, I am crazy. I used two N64 games in one episode of Radio Trivia. But, uh, I, yeah, I mean, that. I don't think you could tell it was an N64. I mean, it, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I and mean, an N64 is not exactly known for the quality of its uh, audio chip. So it doesn't have an audio chip, actually. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this, this is pretty darn good music by Simon Robertson. Um, I don't know if he did all the sequels as well. Um but it, I, I don't know. I, I guess this has never been re-released, uh, the original. I don't know if you'd really want to go back and play it at this point. Well, uh, no, I mean, uh, the, the original I don't think has ever been re-released. After a, a claim went under, rest in peace, uh, the assets got bought up by you know some company. I forget what their name is. But they that company did re-release Extreme G2. Uh, that's available on Steam right now. Uh, it's an okay port. Uh, the game is certainly all there as it's supposed to be. Uh, I'm personally holding out hope that we'll see the Extreme G series come back at some point in the future. But, uh, you know, it's still play it, still love it, it's still good. Uh, the series is. But, uh, yeah, just just uh, having this game come up is, is kind of making me nostalgic for the original. I do want to see if I can get back to that at some point now. Well, do you know the uh, answer to the hint question? How, how can you play as a Rolling Stone in this game? Oh, um... Didn't uh, I'm, I'm sure they were like secret codes you put in. I, w I wouldn't know what the, what the actual code is though. You're right. Yeah, you, you can uh, if you put your name in as Roller, you get to play as a. I guess everyone turns into rocks, which is a weird choice because N64 can't render boulders very well. So well, it won't have to render moss. 
as you know, Rolling Stone. Yeah, I, I understand that, but it, like if if I had read about this before I looked at the video of it, like I wouldn't be able to tell you that, that was a boulder that they were going after there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what can I say? Round objects are tough for the N64 to pull off. Anyway, we're going to go on to the next game now. Um, but yeah, if you ever uh, check out the original, be curious to hear your thoughts on it and how it holds up these days. Yes, uh, thank you for that pick, Ojiro. That was a very good, uh, very good pick. I approve. Was it that, that was the first song and the last song? Damn it! What is it? No, no, don't, don't, don't give it wait, away. Wait, wait, I'm not prepared. I, I need a hit <laughs> question. Wait, that's not, that's not for the second song. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll give you a little more time to think about this.
hint question for you, Wendy. Okay. So which bird-like character is only playable in the enhanced port for the Switch? Woo.
Steven. Yes. Do you have any guesses for this game? No. Oh, did I really stump you on this? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would, I, I could only say with any hint of certainty that it sounds like it's from an RPG. But um, I really couldn't even. I'm, I'm trying to like pull together information from the ether here, but I, I got nothing. Oh, uh, it's funny that you say that because I picked the songs from this game because I wanted something that sounded a little more RPG-like. Uh, some of the songs do not, uh, so maybe this is a bit of a stilted uh, thing. But I, I didn't. Uh, this is a request from Kenny Insel said it's a pocket tournament. And uh, oh. he, he had suggested a Magic Heart Festival, and I, I listened to the song, and I, I just I, I can't tolerate the song. So, <laughs> so there, there are some songs I just I couldn't I couldn't in good conscience use. I I'll, I guess uh, I didn't feel like it. Also, I mean, we've read a lot of kind of gritty stuff already. I wanted something a little more lighthearted. Um, yeah, huh? That's interesting. Yeah, so this is Puck In Tournament, which is the crazy cartoon mashup of Tekken and. Pokemon, and uh, I don't know a whole lot about it. I'll tell you how little I know about it is that the whole gimmick of like, well, there are two modes where you're like in this field mode versus uh, I forgot what the other mode is where it's basically uh, yeah, more like, like Tekken. Yeah. I, I was watching videos where they were showing off this and like, I can't even tell which mode they're in at a given time. It's like, I'll have to trust you that they've changed from field mode because I really can't tell. That's how much I know fighting games. Uh, I thought um, I thought they showed it somewhere on the screen what, what mode it was in. It probably does. I'm telling you, I've just watched it. I just watched a little bit of it. And I'm like, ah, um, but yeah, in theory, more free roaming in this field mode. And then I don't remember what they call the mode where it's kind of just sort of facing off against uh, another character. Um, but it switches. I don't know. Is it randomly switch or is it on a timer? I, I, I'm not I, sure. As far as I know, I think that. Uh, there's a, a condition under which it switches, and I don't know if it's manually triggle, triggerable, but um, yeah, it, it's some sort of strange, it's, it's not as simple as, as you, you press a button and you're in a different mode. I, th- I think it's like it's either proximity based or it's, um, it's some other some other condition that it's based on. But um, yeah, pocket tournament, geez. That, that's kind of like a weird combo, isn't it? I mean, not that uh, a Pokemon in a fighting game isn't something that wouldn't be out of the ordinary, but you know, uh, Bandai Namco taking like you know, let's do a Tekken Pokemon crossover. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's it's weird. I, I guess they've done that with some other series too, haven't they? Or where they've sort of taken Pokemon and or, or Tekken and kind of mashed it with something. But it is a weird choice. I mean, I- well, well, it's not it's it's not the first Tekken crossover. Uh, I mean, most famously, there was a Tekken Cross Street Fighter, which was you know a fighting game that was Tekken and Street Fighter kind of put together. Uh, that did eh, not the, not the best, but you know, but uh, this isn't the first time that you know Namco has kind of mixed it up, and obviously it's not even the first time Namco has uh, messed with fighting games for Nintendo, as it were. So, um, yeah, because uh, yeah, I mean, it's it is a weird weird game. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, every because I, I, I'm in the fighting game community, so I, I play a lot of fighting games. Uh, I go to Evo, and I do see people play it, but I'm, as I watch them play it, I'm like. This isn't something. It's not something I would be interested in, first of all. But it's just—it's just like the weirdest mashup. The way they do it, you know. Um, it's not exactly what I would think of when I think of Pokemon battles. I guess I could say. Uh, yeah, I—I I, I feel like they could have made a a more traditional fighting game that was closer to 
what you might imagine Pokemon actually fighting like. I, I don't know how to articulate that better. I mean, obviously you have Smash Brothers, which is kind of de facto a, a Pokemon fighting game, depending on who you play as. Um, and they don't, I mean, you don't want to be too close to that if you're making a separate game. But um, yeah, just kind of weird. I mean, because it, it's like either you have these like, uh, like the N64 stadium things where it's basically just, you know, like the RPG or you're choosing from a menu or it's this. <laughs> I don't know. It's just maybe there are other games out there that I'm not aware of that, that maybe are better fits that, um, but yeah, this, this was always weird. I mean, when it was first announced, I think like everyone's like, what? And uh, I don't know. I, I guess it did well enough. I mean, they decided to re-release it on Switch, which means it must have done decently on Wii U. Uh, it must, I mean, if it was a total bomb, I doubt they would have done that. Well, uh, let's be honest. I mean, even like decent on the Wii U isn't very decent in the long run. Well, I understand. Wii it's it, sold. So yeah, I mean, you might as well just, I mean, it's a Pokemon game. Yeah. I mean, any game that's Pokemon on it, no matter what it is, it's going to sell well. So if you re-release it into the Switch environment, when you have you know millions, millions upon millions more people owning the system, it's going to sell very well. I don't see how it didn't sell well, especially on Switch now. I suppose. Well, th there were um, some characters in the original release that were unique to the arcade, and there were maybe a few that were unique to the console, but they did add some more for the Switch, and... Uh, one of them was a bird-like character, or Pokemon, I, I guess I'll reveal. Uh, <laughs> Decidueye? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Sounds right. Decidueye uh, is the uh, one I'm talking about. There were a few others. I think uh, Aegislash and Blastoise were also new additions. Um, uh, Blast Blastoise. I recognize Blastoise. It, there's only 151 Pokemon, so that, I know no. that's one of them. I, I was tempted to ask about that one, but... It, <laughs> seem boring to go for the you know the original series character but you're right that's like the only one i would have recognized too um anyway this was composed by a whole bunch of uh composers though it sounds like hiroki hashimoto is top billing um and i i guess he did a lot of work on the more recent smash brothers games too which again going back to the whole bandai namco nintendo crossover stuff that's not too surprising but, yep, uh, and there, there's a lot of music that needs com composing in Smash Brothers. So I mean, yeah. who doesn't have a hand in it by now? <laughs> seriously. Yeah. All right, we got one last game here. Uh, it is a windy request. Yep, saving the best for last.
Yeah, that is nice. Oh, yeah. That that was my poor attempt at McBain. Sorry. That wasn't <laughs> clear. Strangest golf course music I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so good, though. <laughs> I'm sorry, my, my uh, son is squeaking in the background. Uh, Steve, why don't you read the, uh, what's it called? Uh, question. It's called the, yeah. the hint question, yeah. yes. Yes, of course. Uh, in this game, how do you avoid a damaging blackout? Thank you. 
very cinematic. Absolutely. Well, uh, you could criticize me for not having enough variety in this episode, but uh, this is Redout for the Switch. A uh, long time coming, coming out. Um, <laughs> a very long time coming. Well, what was the story there? Was it just they were having trouble getting it to run on the Switch, or was there more to it than that? Well, probably both, but I mean, Redout, uh, the uh, modern take on the futuristic racing genre, uh, came out in peace, uh, came out on PC in September 2016, and um, it was eventually announced as kind of one of the launch period games for the Switch uh, so many moons ago. But uh, eventually, the, the uh, developers, uh, 34 big things out of Italy, and uh, the publisher, Nicholas, uh, or Nicholas, that's him, right? Yeah, um, you know, Nicholas is kind of notorious for how they're handling uh, a lot of their games uh, on the, on various platforms. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was kind of it was kind of a worry at the time after the delay. It's like, oh, Nicholas is screwing this up. But um, yeah, what eventually happened is that there was kind of some radio silence. Uh, from all parties involved for quite a stretch of time. And really, uh, even people within the Red Hat community were like, is this game ever coming out on Switch? Like, um, at one point, I even uh, joked in the uh, NWR Discord, which you'll see me in there every once in a while, that, you know, there would be a better chance of F-Zero coming out on Switch before Red Hat. So, <laughs> it was that kind of situation. But uh, just kind of out of the blue, out of the blue last month, May, they finally uh, said, hey, it's coming out this month. Like, and everybody was like, whoa, really? Cool. And, uh, yeah, it did come out, but, um, yeah, the Switch version of Redout. Well, um, it's, a, it's an interesting situation. Um, yeah, the game is out, and actually I, I do have the Switch version as well as the PC version. The game is that good, I had bought it twice. It, there are a lot of technical compromises, um, as you can imagine, to get uh, a game kind of built on super fast speed and smooth 60 frames per second gameplay. Mm -hmm. Um, to which this game is sort of like the calling card uh, for the series, or for the game, uh, to get it working on the old little Switch. So uh, on the Switch, it runs 30 frames per second, come hell or high water, which means there's a lot of resolution scaling going on, even after they cut out a lot of um, assets from the game. Mm. Uh, so some of the more extreme levels, the resolution, I swear to God, gets down to like 144p in <laughs> stretches. But, I mean, the game does hold 30 frames per second. Pretty much rock steady. That to its credit. So, um, despite its technical problems, it is an amazing racing game. Um, with an amazing soundtrack, as you might have heard there. By Aram uh, Shabazian. Yeah, um, he's, uh, he's uh, the in-house composer over there at uh, 34 Big Things. Uh, just aside, he did make, uh, actually, he scored a actual uh, sheet music for this uh, couple of songs in this game, uh, one of which we heard there, the last one. So there's actually on YouTube a live performance of uh, this song and another one. Uh, a, uh, I think it's a Geneva, or like an orchestra in Geneva actually did it. Cool. So uh, that's really cool, yeah. So uh, yeah, as you can tell, it's very futuristically... I mean, there's a pretty wide range of music in this game, but it's still kind of grounded in actual, you know, instruments and reality. <laughs> like that second song that we played, it's like kind of like traditional kind of Indian chanting with bagpipes. I mean, sure, that's just that? inspired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it's 
pretty good. I like that second song. That was my favorite of the bunch. Yeah, that pumps me up every time I hear it. It's amazing. Oh, so it uh, sounds like you're hesitant to recommend the Switch version. Uh, is, is this one of those, if that's the only platform you've got, definitely get it? Or uh, Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's kind of one of the big things I wanted to talk about with this, is that if you have a, a decent PC, absolutely, you need to get this on the PC. If you have a PS4 or an Xbox One, uh, the game came out on those platforms last year. Those are okay versions. They're not the best, and they also don't have all the DLC tracks that came out on PC. The Switch version does. So we're talking uh, 12 environments, five tracks each, plus a boss track that links together all five tracks within an environment. So we're talking like something like 72 tracks for a futuristic racing game, which is ridiculous. And uh, some of these environments, of course, the music, is they're just literally out of this world. I mean, it's sort of like, um, you know, like Wipeout, sort of like the quintessential futuristic racer. You know, Wipeout, F-Zero, and of course Extreme G, which we talked about earlier. But uh, Redout is sort of like a throwback to all of that, but it also does a lot of stuff uh, unique, uh, including how the game controls, which is going to be the uh, answer to our hint question. Um, you avoid a blackout by pulling up, or like, you know, pull, pull, tilting your nose up, which you do by holding down on the right analog stick like you know how like there's shooters that are twin stick shooters mm -hmm. well this is a twin stick racing game Ooh, the left stick, left stick steers and the right stick strafes and tilts the nose up and down which you'll be doing a heck of a lot uh, the track designs have verticality in mind I mean you go up and down just as much as you go left and right and there are also tracks that are low gravity and zero gravity mm. so you're gonna be flying through the air and doing like massive jumps and massive speed the Switch version kind of has the essence of that still. When I play the Switch version, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying going through the career progression again. Like, I'm playing the game, it's kind of blurry sometimes, but all the tracks are there. I still have the same experience that I do on the Switch. I have on my nice, you know, 1440p, like 240 frames per second experience on the PC. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same game, and really the Switch version... Like, yeah, it, if you're a fan of the genre, like the futuristic racing genre, and you can stomach the $40 price tag on the Switch, <laughs> um, it is very much worth playing. Uh, it's a tough recommendation, but I would recommend it if you're, you're really into the genre. But I would definitely recommend it on the PC or other platforms first, if it came down to that. Well, I'd say that there's a possibility they'll fix it uh, with some patches make it run better, but they've had a long time to work on this, so... Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, nobody knows the, the full story of why it took so long. Uh, presumably, it was just technical challenges because, I mean, th this game is very technically impressive running at its best. Uh, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they got it on Switch. Y you can play it anywhere. You know, technical challenges be damned. So, I guess that was sort of, like, the justification for just, you know, hey, get it out. Like, okay, whatever happened there, I don't know, but... It's, at the end of the day, it's very much worth playing however you can play it. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap this up. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, if you have a uh, request, you can email me at typ at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, I do have a, a lovely list I maintain. Um, and uh, you know, sooner or later, I might use your request on the show. 
Uh, you can also check out uh, all the other podcasts at NintendoWorldReport.com. We uh, just announced a new uh, reworking of the Patreon uh, hearing, which includes, I think, some new or, or, or revamped uh, podcasts as part of that. So you can check that out on the website, too. Um, I don't know, Steve, what are you up to these days? Do you, do you uh, have anything you, you plug these days? or? Uh, well, yeah, I've decided to start doing a little bit of uh, streaming, regular streaming. So I'm on Twitch Monday and Thursday nights doing uh, Tetris and other puzzly games. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Tetris 99 recently because I'm actually really good at it. So if you want to watch me play puzzle games, Tetris games, whatnot, that's uh, twitch.tv slash windyman. Nice. I'm sure you'll branch out to other things over time. Oh, yeah. Like you said, uh, I bet I bet you you can find him playing some racing games and fighting games. Oh yeah, Maybe I'm, some I'm, music I'm, games. Yeah, th- I've I've done I've done a couple of those other games already. So, yeah. all right. Well, uh, until next time, and I will beat you at golf, mini golf. Well, you're you're better than me in in a lot of ways. <clears throat> I'll be quiet. Let's try this again. All right. Uh, until uh, next time, Wendy. Uh, Take care and God damn it, I'm so bad at help me. Help, I can't close this. I've done this too many times in a row on my podcast. Well, um, thanks for thanks for having me. I, I always appreciate coming on. Um if you ever want if you ever want me back or the people demand me back, hint hint. Uh, I'd love to come back again. You know, you can always uh, tweet at us uh, if you have particular demands and I will ignore them. <laughs> Good night, everyone, and uh, yeah, check everything else out. Bye. Thanks for listening to Radio Trivia.
WWF No Mercy is copyright 2000 Asmic Ace Entertainment Aki Corporation THQ World Wrestling Federation Tetris is copyright 1989 Nintendo Extreme G is copyright 1997 Acclaim Entertainment Pokken Tournament is copyright 2016 Pokemon Bandai Namco Entertainment Red Out is copyright 2018 Nicholas 34 Big Things God damn I suck I Keep all that in there it's funny <laughs>